Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Welcome. Welcome back here to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is Jessica Tai, your nutrition coach and host of the show. And I am super excited to be here with you all today. Um, today we have a really exciting episode. Um, this is one that has been, uh, I've had a lot of requests to do this episode and I'm uh, just really excited to have here with me today, one of my five children. This is actually my middle child. He is my youngest son. Um, and his name is Parker and he is just turned 11 years old. So hi Parker. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. So um, we have you on here today, Parker, because we have had lots of requests um, through many different um, social media outlets here of people who would like to hear uh, me do an episode on ketogenic kids. And I thought, well, I've got a couple of kiddos that are ketogenic and you are one of them and you said you would love to do this. So we're here. Here we are. So um, I guess let's just get right into it. Let me ask you, so why keto? Like what, what made you think this would be a good idea? Well, um, I, I first started doing it because I saw you doing it. Yeah. And that was kind of an inspiration for me because um, I realized you were like way more energetic than you used to be, more happy. Um, and a lot less happy. <laughs> That's good. I would agree with you on that. And a lot nicer, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, watch it, buddy. <laughs> Not that I was mean, but just, just, I feel like I have a better attitude about things. It's a little bit easier to be nice when you are eating good food and your brain's fueled correctly. Okay. So, okay. So that's why you did it. So how did you hear about it? Well, so one day I was in the car and I heard you listening to a podcast and it got me interested. So what I, do you remember what it was about that podcast that made you interested? Well, I I I was just like I don't know why. I was just so interested and like I just wanted to be more healthy and uh, because I really really hate getting <laughs> so you figured listening to that podcast, they must have been talking about how it's a good way to stay healthy and boost your immunity or something. Yep. And you were thinking, hmm, that's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I know you asked me uh, if that was what I did with my clients, my nutrition clients, my coaching clients, and I explained to you that it was and that that's what I was doing. And you said you wanted to start doing it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, okay. Well, so that's good. So that was, how long ago was that? That was a few months ago, I guess yeah. you decided to do that. And then, okay. So, and I never pushed you to do it, but of course I wanted you to do it. But, um, but I definitely did kind of try to plant some seeds there. 
And um, so has it been hard for you to stick to it? I mean, do you like, do you feel like it's a diet or do you just feel like, like, how do you feel about it? I just feel like it's not, it doesn't feel like a diet to me. It just feels like normal because I've been doing it for so long. It's just like a habit for me now to eat that way. So it's just like, it's just the way you eat. Yeah. Like you don't think about like what you can't have. You just think about what's going to make my body feel best and what's going to fuel me. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, um, okay, well, so then if, uh, if you don't really, if it's not that hard for you to stick to, then do you ever feel like you eat things that maybe you shouldn't be eating or do you find yourself having a hard time avoiding maybe some things that don't fit within what you think's healthy? Well, not usually, but I'm still a kid. So <laughs> I like sometimes if everybody else is having like a little treat or something and I go crazy, so I just have one, but other times usually, unless it's like a special occasion or something, and I don't. Okay. Well, I've noticed one thing that I think that you do is a lot of times if the other, your siblings are all having a treat or something or asking for something, I've noticed a lot of times you'll be like, eh, I don't really want anything. Yeah. So do you do that because it's easier for you or do you do that because you're just trying not to have it? I do it because I'm trying. Just try not to have it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. That's that's good that you're able to do that. So, um, okay. So, can you give give me some examples? Like, what are some? What would be like a good dinner? Like, actually, we just made a good. I mean, we make dinner most nights of the week. But so tonight we had dinner. What did we make tonight? We had some like healthy pizza. Yeah. Well, we call that fathead pizza, right? Yeah. We did the fathead pizza. So, what do we make the the dough out of we make it fully out of like cheese and almond powder almond flour yep and uh some egg yeah so you were helping me do that today and you just like cheese on yours yeah yeah a little bit of bacon yeah a little bit of bacon that's right you put that on there the rest of us like doctor it up and make like this big huge like I made a chicken and bacon and tomato and dad did like meat lovers with with tomato and and sausage and we put I, on mine, I put um, provolone cheese and gouda cheese, and oh my gosh, it was so good. But anyway, but you like that? So that doesn't sound like much of a diet. We're eating pizza, right? <laughs> so that's like kid food, right? That's kid approved. Yeah. Yeah, not too hard to eat that way. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. So what other dinners do we have? Do you, can you think of anything else that we that you really like? Oh, well, my favorite keto dinner is steak and broccoli. Mm, yeah, I make that a lot for you, don't I? Yeah, I like steamed broccoli. Yeah, I know you like the steamed broccoli with lots of butter. Yes, I put lots of butter. So I always make, whenever I have, whenever you guys are home and we're eating dinner and I'm making broccoli, I always make you guys your broccoli steamed with lots of butter and dad and I always saute ours in usually bacon fat. <laughs> Bacon fat? <laughs> yep, that's what I cook it in. So it tastes like bacon. It's vegetables that taste like bacon. <laughs> that's so good that way, but you'll never eat it that way. You always want the steam, so I always make that for you. But oh, that's fine. That's still good. Okay, so what about lunch? What do you usually have for lunch? So I know now you just started back into school. School year just started. And so now I'm packing you lunches for school. So um, what are some of the things I've been packing you, and what what is it that you ask for? Well, so... Um, I can't resist this, but so <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite snack is goldfish. Yeah. So I just have that once, like in my lunch every day, mm -hmm. like when I go to school. 
and I have some ham mm-hmm. on a little um, toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like four pieces of that. And I also have something like raspberries mm-hmm. and a toothpick mm-hmm. and maybe like a keto bar or something. Okay. Yep. That's right. That's usually what I pack you or like a keto chocolate chip cookie or something. We yeah. get those keto cookies yeah. or, okay. So something like that. Okay. What about breakfast? Cause you're a big breakfast guy. <laughs> what do you like? I love eggs and especially bacon. Yes, you do. So how many pieces of bacon do you think you eat every morning? Um, three to five. Yeah. 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 You'll eat five if I make enough for everybody. If everybody lets you have them. Yep. All right. Yeah. We go through a lot of bacon in this house. I was telling somebody the other day that we go through, I mean, we'll probably go through three to four dozen or more eggs a week. And we go through like, mm, probably like four to five pounds of bacon a week. It's really insane. But there are seven of us, and we all love bacon, and we all love eggs. Except for one of those. Oh, that's right. Max doesn't eat bacon. You're right. But we make bacon and eggs. Max does eat sausage, so he gets sausage. But we make that like every morning because I make that for you guys every morning before school, and then we do our Saturday morning big breakfast. Yeah, that's like awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And waffles, we've come up, we've got, there's several keto waffle recipes that we do now. Those are yummy. Okay, well, how about, um, why don't you tell us a little bit, well, what about snacks? What do you, what what kind of snacks do I keep around here for you, and what do you go for? Well, uh, I like hard-boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. I also like toothpicks, like I said, mm-hmm. and I have my lunch. Uh, also salami. Yeah. And uh, like raspberries, like some types of berries. And like I said earlier, keto bars. Yeah. Um, some lunch meat, like ham, turkey, something like that. Yeah. And veggies, like um, like carrots or broccoli or something like that. Yeah. Some ranch. Sounds good. That's a good, those are good snacks. Good yummy snacks, right? And you like those little, those little oranges too. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, the cuties. You like those. So that's, I don't really eat any citrus very often anymore, but I know that's good for you. And you love strawberries. Yeah, strawberries. That's my favorite fruit. Yes, that's your favorite. So I do get you strawberries pretty often. Okay. um, So how do you feel? Like how, I mean, do you feel like this is worth it? And I mean, have you seen changes or felt changes or why do you keep doing this? Um. Well, I keep doing it because I feel so much better than I used to. I'm way more energetic, more athletic. I've gone like 10 times slimmer. Wow, yeah. Yeah, you definitely, you were not heavy before, but you've definitely slimmed down. Like, you look amazing, actually. (laughs) Not that you even needed to, but I mean, you just look really good. You look healthy. You look happy. Your skin looks good. Oh, yeah. So, um, also, uh. Like, I'm always happy. I feel good. Yeah. Um, and, like, whenever I play with my siblings or, like, my friends or something, they might get tired after a little bit, and then I'm just like, let's keep going, let's keep going. <laughs> well, that's as good a reason as any to be ketogenic as a kid, right? Yep. Because you just want to keep playing. There's so yep. much time to play. You know, now that school's back in, 
now you can use all that energy that you have and that new focus to concentrate on your schoolwork and your studies and make sure that you're um, getting all that stuff down. Yeah, definitely. So that's awesome. So today, uh, or well, actually, before we do, before I talk to you about that, the one other thing I wanted to talk to you about is I know one other uh, thing that you really like to have as a snack or um, a meal replacement, actually, is usually how you eat it, is the keto shakes that dad makes you. Yeah. Yeah, you love those. You like the chocolate, right? Yeah. He makes the chocolate. So you actually, we buy the keto shake product and... Um, uh, and then we, that's real, it's a, it's like a, like a protein shake powder mix that most people are familiar with, but it's moderate protein or low protein and it's very high fat. It's got MCT oils and all kinds of great stuff like that in it. And then, um, dad puts, uh, he blends it with, uh, like either a milk, a whole milk or, uh, an almond milk and then cocoa powder and some ice, and you say that tastes like a milkshake. Yeah, definitely it does. <laughs> so that's good. So that's a yummy treat for you. So the one thing I wanted to say before I let you go off this episode today is that it is your birthday today. Happy birthday, Parker. Thanks. This is pretty cool. This is the first time you're doing a podcast with me, and your first podcast ever, and it's on your 11th birthday. Yeah. Is that pretty cool? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> so you don't sound that excited. <laughs> <laughs> so happy 11th birthday. So we celebrated your birthday with friends this past weekend and um, had a fun little party and took you guys to do some fun things. So we did that this weekend, but we always have a tradition of we'll do the party with your friends. And then we usually just as a family, we'll do something you want to do on your birthday or whatever your brothers and sisters want to do for their birthdays. But so today is yours. So what is it? What are we going to do tonight? What do you want to do? Um, For dinner, I think I want to go to Chili's. And... Oh, yeah, Chili's. We love Chili's. They have lots of good keto-friendly things there. So if you have a Chili's around you, um, that's a good place to get some yummy keto kid stuff. Yeah. All right, what else do you want to do? That's it? Chili's? Uh, no, after that, for dessert, I want to go to Walker Bros for ice cream. Oh, Walker Bros ice cream. That's right. That's right. Here in Montgomery, we have a uh, ice cream, like an old-fashioned uh, creamy whipped ice cream parlor in the heart of Montgomery, and it is very popular here. It's called Walker Brothers ice cream, so it's yum. Yeah, definitely. That's not very keto. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, you know, come on. Even when you're a keto kid, you can't be perfect all the time, right? Yep. <laughs> Gotta live a little. All right, buddy. Well, happy birthday, and thank you so much for doing this episode with me. And I'm going to go ahead and let you get off here so I can um, wrap up this episode just solo, and we don't have to keep sitting here. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks. All right, buddy. See you later. Bye. So that was so great to have Parker on here with me today. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, He's just a great kid, and I just really appreciated his willingness to share a little bit with you guys. So I thought um, I would just take a few more minutes here and um, wrap up the podcast on Keto Kids with um, a parent's perspective. And I feel like um, what I hear from clients, uh, what I see out there in social media most of the time is um, that we're all just trying to do the best for our kids and we're well aware of the 
epidemics of obesity, childhood obesity, type 2 diabetes, which used to be called adult-onset diabetes, and it's not even referred to that anymore because, unfortunately, it's so prevalent in our children that um, they can't even refer to it as adult-onset. Um, epidemics of fatty liver disease in children, like that is insane. Uh, used to not even hear about fatty liver disease, and now not only do you hear it quite common in adults, but we are now seeing it uh, peripherally to our children, our ch children, the population of our children. It's crazy. Um, Non-alcoholic fatty liver is, there should be no way that our children have even been alive long enough to have their liver affected in that way. And that just tells us how toxic our environments are, how toxic the foods that we're eating are to our bodies. And all of this stuff matters and it all plays a role together. So I know most parents, um, you know, we're just, we're, we're just kind of struggling with what are the right answers? What do you do? Like, how do you keep your kids out of these statistics? And so I wanted to focus a little bit on that today and uh, just kind of, you know, just try to, you know, I don't have all the answers, so I don't know that I'm going to be able to give you, like, this is what you do and this is how you do it because I don't know what the answers are. Um, just like you, I'm doing the best I can. My husband and I have been married for, it'll be 21 years this year, and we have five kids. We have, they range from five years old to 16 years old. And, uh, you know, we, it's still a daily struggle with us. I mean, let's face it, their diets really, since we have always been, we've always cared about what they're putting in their bodies. It's always been a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle as soon as they're, uh, off breast milk or formula, you know, you're just trying to figure out, uh, what's the best things to feed them and how often should they eat and how, what should they be eating and all these kinds of things. So, um, I, one I wanted to focus on is First, I want to I want to talk to you about this. So when I was when when we first had my first son, um, I you know didn't know what I was doing. I was a first time parent and trying to figure all this out. And I quickly realized that all those things that I said I would never do with my child when I saw people's unruly children in restaurants or uh, or on a playground or you know in a store or whatever, I quickly realized that. I was just full of myself and that was clearly not, not, I did not have all the answers and all the things that I thought I knew I had to throw out the window. And so I swallowed my pride and realized that, you know, maybe I didn't have all the answers to raising the perfect child. And so I began um, trying to research, which that's, you know, I'm definitely type A personality. I want to figure things out myself. I, um, it's really what led me down the road of health and nutrition anyway and doing the nutritional coaching. I just love to research. I love to make sense of everything, and, and I, I need to know why. It's not good enough for me to just do it or be told. I have to know why. So, um, so I dove right in on researching these parenting things, and when my first child was younger, uh, cassette tapes were still a thing, and <laughs> So I bought this series of uh, informational series on parenting on cassette tape. And I would listen to them in the car when I would drive around and go run errands and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that, that, that the lesson, one of the lessons that they taught in this series, I will never forget. And it really imprinted on me and just made a lot of sense. And if there's anything I can share with you, 
parent to parent. I know this is a Keto Kids podcast, but this ties in, I promise. Um, I was trying, uh, um, I just thought I needed to make sure that my son was getting the right nutrition and was eating exactly what I wanted him to eat and how much I wanted him to eat because I was just sure that he wasn't eating enough and all these types of things. And this lesson in this um, parenting uh, series said that there are two things that you should never battle with your child. Pick your battles, and these two things should never be on the list that you choose to pick. The first one was choosing to battle with them about what goes in their mouth, what they eat. Because it is one thing that even the smallest child you mean you'll even I even looking back on it after I was listening to the series I realized that even an infant can control that. So even as young as as babies, newborn babies and infants, they want control and they keep control if allowed about what goes in their mouths, what they eat. And it was one of those things that they really cautioned against battling because it can turn up with later in life as disordered eating. And, um, you know, it really made me reflect on my life, my childhood growing up and some of the things that still to this day, I don't want to eat and I have a real aversion to. And that was, um, things that I was forced to eat because I, you know, my parents, they were not bad parents and they weren't doing anything wrong, but they definitely grew up and, you know, I was growing up in the era of you clean your plate, you know, you my mom would make my plate for me. And if I did not finish it, you know, my dad would make me sit at the table until I ate every bite of whatever. And to this day, I have a hard time stomaching peas because I just didn't like the taste of peas and I was forced to eat them. So, um, as I listened to this lesson, I thought, um, wow, that it just really makes sense. You know, the harder I fought my son to eat what I thought he needed to be eating, the harder he would fight back. So, I started, um, so I developed a whole new, you know, philosophy around that and just decided I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to battle him. I am just going to keep things in the house that are, um, that are acceptable to me that he eats. And if he doesn't want to eat every single thing that I am offering, that's fine. He is not going to starve to death. I'm going to make sure that he is, you know, getting the vitamins and nutrients and minerals that he needs. And I'm just not going to stress out about it. So that was the first thing. And so I want to give you the second thing too. It doesn't have a lot to do with this, but if you're like me, it would make you crazy that I told you there were two lessons I learned and then I didn't share the second one with you. So just as a matter of tying up that loose end for you, uh, the second one was potty training. It said, um, kids can control what goes in and kids can control what goes out and they will battle you tooth and nail over those two things because they can control that. And the kids know very early on that they, those are the only two things in their world that they have true control over. So, um, that was also very, very helpful with me. And I really never had any issues potty training my kids because I just didn't worry about it. I let them decide when they were ready. And wouldn't you know, each one of them did, they decided, um, when they were ready and they did it in the time that they should and everything worked out perfect. And we didn't have any, you know, I had no children going off to kindergarten that still didn't have their cells potty trained or anything crazy like that. So everything works out just fine. Um, 
Okay, so that's the first thing I want to share with you. So then why does that matter and how does that tie in? Well, for my family and for me and my husband, kind of what we decided when we made that decision that this was how we were going to treat them at, at mealtimes and, and give them options for what they can eat. And if they don't like what we're serving, well, then they just won't eat. And I, trust me, they're not going to starve and they will eat and everything will be fine. But we just decided we weren't going to have that battle. So what that meant for our family is throughout the years, I have been on every diet known to man. Um, mostly after giving birth to children, I would try everything I could to get back to the, you know, my pre-pregnancy size and get back to where, you know, I could get back into my jeans and all that kind of thing. So um, like most women, I really struggled with that. So I would just do everything. And, and now in retrospect, I realize after being keto for as long as I have, I realized that I did everything wrong. And I am so frustrated that I didn't know this information earlier on because it would have just made so much, so much easier for me. Like I just, it would have been effortless and it would have been better for my babies and everything. It just would have been so much easier, but it's okay. I'm trying to impart this on the next generation um, so that not everybody has to deal with the same kind of struggles. But I did everything, the South Beach diet, the, you know, the Mediterranean diet, the Atkins, the, you know, you name it, whatever I did it. Mostly um, tried to focus on low fat and, you know, did all those types of things. And I was vegan for a couple of years. I was vegetarian for a year or more. So if I had made my children eat the same way that I did then, like, they just would have not been good. It wouldn't have been a good situation at all for them. So, um, so I'm glad that I developed that philosophy early on because I, I just wouldn't have wanted to drag them through all those different ways of eating that I had. Um, even when I was vegan, I, it's kind of funny that I think about it now, but even then as much, as little as I knew about nutrition or as little of the correct information that I knew, I still knew enough to know that the healthy, you know, good animal products and animal fats, that those were so vital to my children's growth and development for their brains, for every cell of their body, for, for them to build like the right um, systems. Like I knew that even then. So even when I was vegan and I, or vegetarian, and I chose to not eat those things, I still knew that I wanted my kids to have, um, good animal fats and, you know, grow up the way that I knew my grandparents did and were so healthy. And the way my mom and dad grew up for the most part, you know, eating, um, they, they both grew up, uh, respectively on farms and, um, my grandparents raised most of their food, um, meat and vegetables, and they just, that's just how they ate. So it wasn't until my generation that the TV dinners and all of those types of things were coming out. So that's when, um, you know, we kind of got started going down that wrong path with those things. But so anyway, um, so fast forward to, um, me deciding uh, that I'm going to be keto and my husband's going to be keto, we started out doing kind of just the, okay, we're going to move into the whole foods, real foods. We're just going to eliminate processed and packaged food, which we pretty much did. Um, and then we uh, decided to go like a little more strictly paleo where we then said, you know what, we're eliminating um, grains and we're eliminating um, sugar for the most part. Um, you know, paleo still allows some, you know, more natural type of sugar, sugars. So 
we were still doing those and I was still, you know, doing that kind of thing. And, and I would definitely make meals around that philosophy for dinners and things like that. But I would just give my kids the option of eating, you know, they didn't have to eat everything that I made. They could pick what they wanted to eat. And I just made sure um, that they had supplementation and I felt like they were um, getting good vitamins and good, uh, you know, other things to supplement them. I give my kids um, probiotics and, um, which actually this might be a good time to just go ahead and throw that in there and mention it. Um, the garden of life probiotics is the ones that I offer. They're the organic kids plus it's probiotics plus vitamin C and D. And there there's like 14 probiotic strains in this one. And it's really good for their immune system and digestion, digestion and their gut health. So if you, um, don't currently give your kids any vitamins or probiotics specifically, that is a really good one to go with. Uh, you can get them on Amazon or, um, my, we have a local market here called fresh time and they sell it as well. So that might be another option for you. Um, so if you're looking for something good for your kids and then you can kind of take a little bit of the worry out of making sure they're getting everything they need because they're not going to starve to death. Kids will eat. And I think if you were just supplementing their immune systems and their gut health, that that's really going to help. So, um, well, so when we decided that this is the way we were going to do things, we just, um, thought, you know what, we're just going to eat the way we eat. We're going to make sure that they understand the philosophy behind what we eat is in as a age appropriate form as possible. And then we're just going to model for them and they, you know, we'll see if it sticks. And so that's what we've been doing. And basically with the exception of, I have two kids that have to be gluten-free, they have gluten sensitivities. And so both of those children, um, you know, obviously cannot eat certain things. And so they, those are, uh, those are not optional. So we have taken those things away from them. And then one of my children has to be dairy free. But, um, other than that, you know, we just model it for them and let them make their decisions. And it has worked out really well. I mean, as you heard with Parker, um, you know, he's made the decision to eat that way. He recognized the health benefits and the things that he was seeing through mom and dad and then tried it on his own and recognized that when he cut carbs out and sugar out, he was feeling better and doing better. So those, that was a really, I think a good, strong lesson for him in life and a good way for him to figure this out because there'll be a day when I won't be there to tell him what to do and, and monitor everything he does. So I think it's really important for him to build those skills now, even if it's not as quickly as I want all my kids to build them or they're not eating exactly the way I want them to, I think it's more important to let them make those decisions. Um, so out of my five kids, I would say two and a half, I have two and a half keto kids. <laughs> so I have two that are completely on board. One of my five-year-olds and my uh, now 11-year-old that you just heard from today. And then I have one that is partially keto and he understands this the science behind it. He, um, you know, for the most part agrees with it, but he will still indulge in what he wants to indulge in from time to time. And then he tells me he doesn't want to hear about it. And he knows everything I'm going to say. And he knows I'm going to tell him why he's, you know, got why his stomach hurts or why he's, you know, constantly dealing with acne breakouts or, um, or allergy like symptoms all the time. So he knows, he knows, but he just makes the decision to not let that be the priority from time to time. And that's okay because I think that's how he's going to learn. So I just continue to model and my husband just continues to model and we just keep showing them and you know, we're just 
really believing that we're planting those seeds now and that as they, um, you know, we just keep continuing to water those seeds as they watch us and that as they grow up, those seeds will really take root and grow and then they will begin to make those decisions on their own and um, feel like they weren't fighting against us. Because I don't know about you guys, but I have noticed for the most part with my kids, especially the couple that are pretty hard-headed, they're pretty strong-willed, that if uh, the harder I push something, the, the more they push back and they push away. And especially as they get older. Um, you know, my teenagers are the two that I have the biggest struggle with, with eating. And part of that is they're teenagers. And let's face it, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a teenager, my diet was horrific. I mean, I ate awful. Um, and you know, and I have had a lot of health issues to show for that too later in life. But, you know, I know my kids aren't eating quite as bad as I was, um, because at least they have what I'm planting. They have that in the back of their heads. And so they are thinking about those things, but they're still teenagers and they're still going to do what they're going to do. And they're going to have to figure out on their own because I can't, I won't always be there. So I can force them now, but I'm not going to be there to force them later. And I don't want to create, like I said, this, I don't want to create disordered eating and, and issues with them. And I want them to be able to make good decisions. And I don't want them to feel like their mom harped on them all the time about eating and that food became this big problem all the time. Um, so, and real quick, I, I kind of wanted to say this just because if there's anyone else out there listening that has, um, since we're talking about kids today and diets, um, I wanted to mention if there's anybody else out there that has kids that have gluten sensitivities um, or celiac or, you know, anything on that kind of um, kind of that range of, of, of gluten issues. I had seen a um, I don't know if I saved it. I don't have it pulled up. I should have pulled this up before I started um, this podcast, but I don't. Oh, I did. Here it is. I did save it. So I read this article that um, just a few days ago that I thought was super, super fascinating. And um, I wanted to share it with you guys. So one of my children, well, I told you both have, I have two children that have um, gluten sensitivities. And my one, my youngest child um, is five and we brought her home. She came home with us from China two and a half years ago. So she was two and a half years old, toddler. And when we got her in China, she had, um, not only was she severely malnourished and had a lot of issues, but she also had, um, she also had uh, bunches of different uh, rashes and things all over her body. And we did not know what they were from, and the doctors in China couldn't help us. And actually, even when we brought her home here to the United States and started seeing our um, our adoption clinic here in our children's hospital, they still, they didn't know what it was. Well, what she was getting is we thought at first that it was like a hand, foot and mouth, um, illness, like hand, foot and mouth disease. But, um, because it looked kind of like that, she had blisters on the palms of her hands and, um, and like little red bumps and they would just pop out of nowhere and we couldn't figure out what was going on, but she never had anything in her mouth. So of course the doctors tested her and she was not, she did not have that. She wasn't positive for that. So, and it kept coming and going and happening and we couldn't figure out what was going on. 
So the longer she was with us, I kept just dialing in on the nutrition for her. She has heart issues and she needed a heart surgery and she has some other struggles. So we um, were just really trying to fortify her diet and just get her nutrition in the right place so that we could um, just really help her turn her health around. And she had been malnourished for so much of her life that, you know, we just really needed to just get that on on where it needed to be. So I was really focused on that. And as I was doing that, there were some things I, I started trying to pay attention to what was happening. And I realized that when she had gluten, she would, um, the rash seemed to get worse. Um, so I decided to cut the gluten out. I had already had experience with my son having this issue and we had been taking him to our functional medicine practitioner and she had discovered that he had this, um, really, uh, high levels of antibodies, um, to gliadin in his blood. So we knew that he had a really, uh, very, he was very sensitive to, um, to gluten and I mean, he was just uh, right under celiac diagnosis. Um, so it was a major thing for him. And at this point we, we were not taking my daughter to a functional medicine doctor or doing anything like that. She had, um, just suffered a lot of trauma through her ordeal in China and, um, doctors and hospitals and whatnot. So, um, it was just very traumatic to take her anywhere. We didn't absolutely have to, as far as doctor's offices and things went. So we just didn't go down that route, but, um, I cut all the gluten out of her diet and sure enough, all of these bumps and blisters started disappearing from her skin. And so I just read on the, um, just saw this article pop up like a couple of days ago and it is the, it's from the celiac scene and it is a, um, the guides for being gluten-free and um, I don't know if you guys have any, anybody's ever seen this, but it says celiac disease has a little sister and it's called dermatitis uh, herpet, her, uh, let me see, herpetiformis, herpetiformis. So anyway, it is a skin manifestation of celiac or gluten sensitivity. So um, it is, it says that, it says approximately 15 to 25% of celiacs uh, struggle with this, um, but it can be misdiagnosed. It's usually misdiagnosed because it's visible red bumps and raw blisters. Um, and it says that it, you know, really creates a problem for these people that are um, dealing with this. And sure enough, that is, when they show pictures of it, it is exactly what my daughter was struggling with. I mean, it is exactly what it was. So they were able to diagnose this. They've been able to diagnose this now through skin biopsies and um, blood tests. But so anyway, if you have a child that is struggling with something like that, you might want to have them tested for gluten sensitivity because for my little one, that is exactly what it was. And once we cut gluten completely out of her diet, she has had no more outbreaks of any kind of bumps, rashes, anything. I mean, she had eczema, what we thought was eczema, so bad. They put her on eczema medication. She, you know, I had to put this cream all over all the time and her little cheeks would get super, super red, almost looked like rosacea on her face. I mean, she had all these things, but we have been working for two and a half years to restore her gut health. And she is on a super ketogenic diet. I mean, she eats amazing. She eats, you know, probably 80% fat, um, 
moderate protein and very low carb. And she is so healthy. I mean, her skin is beautiful. Her hair is shiny, shiny black. It's just gorgeous. Um, a lot of her health issues are improving. Her muscle tone is improving. She is just an amazing, uh, what am I trying to say? Amazing picture of health and how healthy um, and how necessary fat, saturated fat and cholesterol is for our children. Um, I mean, she is just overcoming so much and, uh, she is just a walking example of how much we need that. I mean, she, she has been working on rebuilding cells in her body for two and a half years. And with the right building blocks, she is doing a phenomenal job of that. So, um, so hopefully that helps somebody out there. So the last thing I just want to share with you guys is I'm just going to go over a few good snacks. So what we did was with our kids, um, especially with Parker, the reason I even started this was, so as you heard, Parker decided on his own, he wanted to start going, uh, keto so uh, what we started doing was I posted a list of healthy snacks or good choices for them, what we felt were good choices, um, that they could just look at the list on the refrigerator and when they were hungry, they could choose a snack from that list. Because what was happening was Parker was so... Um, he really, really wanted to do this right. And he wanted to feel better and, 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 um, be healthier. I mean, he was just really focused on that, but what ended up happening was he was just, uh, really, um, worrying all the time about how many carbs something had or how much sugar something had. And that's kind of tends to be his personality anyway, is he kind of just really, um, just focuses on something and he kind of starts obsessing a little bit about it. So I didn't want to go the opposite way. I was talking about disordered eating. I didn't want to go him to like be so worried about this all the time that it created like this just anxiety around food and what he was eating. So I said, listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm like, I don't want you to stress out about it because I tried to explain to him that as a kid, you can have more carbohydrates. It's okay. I just wanted him to focus on the type of carbohydrates that he was getting and making sure that he's going after the, um, you know, the, the, the natural, the one ingredient carbohydrate, you know, some sweet potatoes or, you know, even rice. He likes rice. That's okay. I think we've been making the switch with them to cauliflower rice. And, um, but you know, I, I don't, again, I don't want to stress them out about it and I just don't. I, I don't want this to be a big issue. We just don't eat a lot of meals that would even require to have rice with them. So it doesn't become an issue. Um, so I just tried to like kind of help him focus on, don't worry so much about the carbohydrates specifically, just eat the things that, that, that are healthier for you, that are full of good fats. And, um, and I'll give you a list and then you can, you'll know, and you'll kind of start to learn that list and then it'll be easier for you. Um, but like for fruit, for him on that list, we listed fruits because, um, uh, you know, for him, I think it's fine for kids. I think, you know, I don't want to get too wrapped up in worrying too much about fruits and things like that. Um, so I allow them to have fruits. We just don't, do we keep a ton of sugary fruits? No, but if there's a fruit that's in season and it happens to be grapes, then they're allowed to have some grapes. And you know, if there's, if it's fall and it's apple picking season, we'll go pick some apples and they're going to eat those apples. And that is fine. Um, so at least that's fine for us. I mean, that's our family's philosophy and that's how we feel it works 
the best. So what I did is I made a list and I put it on the refrigerator for him and for all of our kids. So they could just kind of start learning and it's not me telling them all the time what to eat or me telling them, no, you can't have that. It's instead of telling them when they come ask me, I say, go look at the list and you know, then you know what you can have, find something from that list. So on the list, on ours, we put like hard-boiled eggs, cheese sticks, salami, carrots, um, grapes, oranges, apples, um, nuts, um, berries. So they, they know if those things are in our refrigerator, they are allowed to have those things. Those are what we consider to be healthy choices for them. So... So that kind of helped us a lot. That solved a lot of the problems that we were having with them, um, especially with Parker, kind of worrying or wondering about what he's allowed to eat. And so that kind of took that worry away. And then for dinners, you know, we just focus on, we make very tasty, very uh, high and super good for you fat dinners. You know, we'll eat um, some pork or some steak or some fish and um, always have vegetables with it. And my family, not everybody likes the same vegetables and that's okay. I'm okay with that. So I will make um, vegetables a different way or a couple of different things because I want to make sure everybody's getting those things. And so that's, that's fine. I'll do it that way. So like, for instance, I've got a couple of kids that really love green beans. So I will make a pot of green beans and I put some really good uh, bacon fat in the green beans to flavor them and they slow cook for a while. And then, um, I've got some other kids that really like broccoli and cauliflower. And so for my kids that really like the broccoli and cauliflower, they don't really like, um, the, it, to eat it the same way that we do. I've got, um, three of them that love broccoli and they like it steamed. So I will put it in a pan with a little bit of water and steam it and cover it in butter. It's just saturated in some good Kerrygold grass-fed butter. They love that. Tastes so good. But for my husband and myself, I almost always saute some vegetables in bacon fat. That's how we like them. Um, so we'll do it that way. So I, and I don't mind that. I just break up. I just take half the broccoli I chopped up and make it for my husband and myself. And the other half goes into the pan to be steamed for the kids. So that's fine. Um, everybody just has a little bit different taste. As long as they're eating it, that's all that matters. So, um, so, and we just try to find things that our kids like and we, and we just try to make those things because I don't want to make dinner a struggle every night. I don't want to fight with them. I don't want it to be a stressful experience. So if we know that, um, our family does not eat pasta, then I just don't make pasta dishes that often. Um, we do have a casserole that I make, uh, with spaghetti squash and everybody likes that for the most part. So we'll eat that. Um, but we just don't, and, and then if I, and if I know that I'm going to have a meal like that, that, that I, I know one or two of my kids just don't like, then I make that meal on a day that we have leftovers that are still in the fridge from maybe the day before that I know they do like. So then they can heat up the leftovers from last night's dinner. And then the rest of us that like the new dinner will eat that. So you just got to try to find creative ways to get your kids involved in it. And I promise the less that you butt heads with them about this stuff, really the easier it is and the better it's going to be. Don't give up. Just keep fighting the good fight, you know, and keep uh, having faith that they will eventually come around because I really do believe that for the majority of us, they really do eventually come around. I guess that's all I have for you guys today. And I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday. This was kind of an odd episode for me because I typically record my episodes ahead of time, but because I had Parker on here, I was trying to 
uh, work it out with his schedule and all of those things. So this is one of the rare ones that I'm actually recording on the day that it's releasing. Uh, so that's kind of odd for me. I actually have the next couple of episodes already recorded and ready to go, but they won't come out for a couple of weeks. So, um, so keep those questions coming guys on what you want to hear and those suggestions. I love it. I've got a whole pile of things and I'm excited because it gives me fun things to research and talk about, or it just gives me ideas. Somebody will say, well, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a great, like, I didn't know anybody wanted to know about that. I'd love to talk about that. So um, keep those coming. I, I love to do that and love to keep talking to you guys about it. I hope I talked enough about um, the whole keto kid thing. I, I um, am not 100% sure. I got a, um, some, a lot of people wanted to know, like, what do your kids eat and how do you do it? So I hope I touched on that enough. Um, that it was the information that, that you guys wanted. And if you have more questions, please feel free to email me. You can email me at jessica at jessicatie.com. That's jessica at jessicatie.com. Um, uh, yeah, and then um, my website is www.jessicatie.com. And let's see, Instagram, I'm at that keto blonde. And on Facebook, you can find me at Jessica Ty Nutritional Coach on Facebook. And um, again, I think I mentioned this on another episode, or maybe it's one that I recorded and isn't out yet. If you have reached out to me through Facebook to my personal page, um, I am I and I have not accepted your friend request, please don't take it personally, but just understand that my personal Facebook page is going to remain my personal Facebook page, so I'm not accepting um, I don't accept friend requests on there from people that I don't personally know in my life. I, you know, I have five children and I post things about my family and my kids and stuff on there. So I really keep that to just people I know and are part of my life, um, my personal life. But if you want to go to the Jessica Ty Nutritional Coach page on Facebook, then you can follow me there. And I, I do post things pretty much daily on there for you. So I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.